Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Earlier this week, we looked at the difference between an owner-occupant versus an institutional owner. Was it true that homes cost the same to operate regardless whether the owner is an individual or a corporate investor? We concluded from that show that the costs were basically the same. On today's show, we're asking whether institutions are driving the market and pushing people out of home ownership. Is the large-scale purchase of homes by investors reducing home ownership rates across the country? Is the middle class shrinking, and are we indeed becoming a nation of renters instead of a nation of homeowners? Is the American dream or the Canadian dream alive and well, or is it dying? On today's show, we're going to look at some numbers from several states in the U.S. to see what's happening in terms of home ownership. U.S. Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis publishes some useful statistics. There are regional differences in home ownership, to be sure. And on today's show, we're going to look at those places where home ownership is among the highest in the country and those places where it's lowest. West Virginia leads the nation in home ownership at 78.8%, and the lowest place in the nation is Washington, D.C., at 40.4%. California has long been considered one of the states with the lowest rates of home ownership. If we go back to the mid 1980s, home ownership in California was essentially 54%. Home ownership grew steadily through the 1990s until it peaked in 2006 at 60.2%. We all know what happened shortly thereafter. The financial crisis took hold and by 2016, home ownership had declined to 53.8% of all households. We also saw home ownership rates fall in the state of California by 1.7% during the pandemic. Leading the pack as the state with the highest percentage of tenants is New York. In the mid-1980s, home ownership hovered just above 50% before peaking at 55.9% in 2007, and then falling to 51% in 2018. Home ownership rates have climbed since then to 53.6% of all households, and they've been holding steady at that rate throughout the pandemic. By comparison, home ownership rates in Florida have been well above the national average. They hovered in the mid-60s during the 1980s before peaking at 72.4% in 2006 and then falling to 64% by 2017. Current home ownership rates in Florida are about 67%, and here too, home ownership rates have fallen by 1.5% during the pandemic. In Texas, the lowest rate of home ownership was in 1992 at 58.3% down from 62.5% in the mid-1980s. See, all of these states don't move together in concert. There are local effects that cause things to happen out of step with each other. Home ownership rate in Texas peaked at 66% in 2007, much like the rest of the country, and then back to 61% in 2016 at the bottom in the wake of the financial crisis. Current home ownership rates in Texas have peaked at 66.5% in 2020, and they've fallen to 64.1% in the latest statistics. And if you went through all 50 states, you would see a similar trajectory on a national basis. But there's also distinct differences. And so why is that? Well, it turns out real estate is local. In fact, it's hyper-local. The obvious question is, why have home ownership rates fallen in so many locations during the pandemic? We're not hearing about a large number of foreclosures. And naturally, there were no foreclosures during the pandemic because there, in fact, was a moratorium on foreclosures. So what is happening? Are people selling their homes and moving into rentals? Are there simply more new rentals entering the market than owner-occupied homes? Are many single-family homes being purchased by investors and now appearing in the rental market? 
home purchases by both small and large investors accounted for more than 18% of home sales in the fourth quarter of 2021, and that's according to real estate firm Redfin. But their presence is even more pronounced in a few metro areas, and we're going to zero in on Atlanta at the moment, where Redfin said that investors bought one in every three homes sold during that same period. Single-family rentals has become one of the hottest real estate asset classes over the last couple of years as both home values and rental prices have increased. The largest owner of this asset class in the U.S. is a company called Invitation Homes. They're a real estate investment trust with a portfolio of 82,000 single-family homes, at least at the end of last year. A recent report by the economics team at TD confirms that, indeed, housing starts are up in the U.S. to an annualized rate of 1.793 million units. That's at the end of March coming in ahead of analyst expectations who were predicting a decrease to 1.74 million units on an annualized basis. Housing starts had to be revised up in the two previous months as well, with the net revisions adding 41,000 more units. The increase in starts from March reflected gains in the multifamily segment, and single-family home starts fell by 1.7%, and multifamily starts rose, in fact, by 4.6% month-over-month, adding an additional 26,000 units of supply to the market. But there's also institutional buyers out there buying up inventory of single-family homes from builders, which would also affect the home ownership percentage. As interest rates rise and construction prices are continuing to rise, those who can bring the capital and amortize the new construction over longer periods with strong financial terms will be able to invest in today's environment. And I expect the institutional ownership to continue to increase expect the rate of home ownership to decline by another few percentage points over the next two years. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. 